What's up? I'm Miles. And I'm Jan. We're the brothers behind Real Ballers Read, and this is The Book That Blank, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about books that are meaningful to them. Each guest gets to fill in the blank however they like. It can be the book that totally changed my life, the book that's way better than the movie, or the book that makes my stomach hurt from laughing. In this episode, we're talking about The Color Purple by Alice Walker with our guest, Jakia Carruthers. Shakia is an assistant professor of African and African American studies and women's and gender studies at Berea College. She is a scholar of black political humor, cultural coherence and memory within contemporary black aesthetic movements, and issues of race, gender, sexuality, and resistance to state violence. For her, The Color Purple is the book that I haven't stopped thinking about for 18 years. That's a big blank and it turned into a big two-part conversation. In the first half, we talk about love, localism, the fluidity of gender and sexuality, massage noir, the failures of patriarchy, and more. We absolutely love this conversation and hope you enjoy it too. Welcome to another episode of the Book That Blank podcast. I have an incredible guest today, one that I've known for a little little while now, and I'm so glad to be in conversation with Chakia. Would you like to? Give a quick intro of your of yourself and yeah, nothing is, it's, I'm I'm Jakia Carruthers, um, <laughs> assistant professor and chair of African and African American Studies at Berea College, which is a special, funky little place in um, in central or eastern Kentucky. Um, and I'm I just can't tell you how hype I am to be talking about the color purple on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> yes, we are. I too. I know. Man, where where to start with this book? Um, when, when was the first time you read it? Uh, oh, well. Um, I was probably y'all's age, actually, yeah. um, or around your age. Um, I must have been like 22 or uh, yeah like 22 or 23 um well okay hold on where is this podcast going let's let's figure that part out first. well uh, I mean, first. my intention is to you know i mean alice walker you know talks about art as a mirror a lot um she talks about it at the end of in in the closet of of the soul um in a couple places and I, and I think I'm just curious about how this book has been a mirror to you over time also in- a mirror to our society a mirror to Jen and I and just like how I don't I don't know for, for me this novel, novel has a simplicity um, but it's such a profound one um, that just allows me to I don't know think think about a lot and, I, and i'm sure it has for for you over the 18 years so i mean we yeah. really can go in any direction but i think that's that's for me my like main theme that i'm thinking about oh yeah mostly i guess i was more so asking like who the listeners will be oh. because um the, I, don't, I mean i don't teach at stanford anymore so <laughs> it's fine but the um the reason i asked and I think it really connects to the ways in which this this text is a mirror for me. Mm-hmm. Um, is that my answer to your question was that I first encountered it in a lover's bed mm-hmm. um, because um, we were kids, we were young, 
um, living in Washington, D.C., um, being trying to be organizers together, trying to change the world while also figuring out what we we're going to do with the rest of our lives, including going to grad school. Um, and I'm a Pisces and just really dreamy and like work and blech, studying for the GRE and reading this thing or that thing was just never my interest. So there would be times where I would just get so bored with what we were supposed to be doing together. Um, and he had like a, a pile of books on the floor um, from his undergraduate career. Um, and this one was like, was on the top and I was shocked that I had never read it, right? Like it's the color purple for, for a lot of people in the black community is sort of like the story of it, the, the general story is sort of ubiquitous because, because of the film, right? That comes out in the, um, the early 1980s. But in terms of reading the book, a lot of us, you know, haven't, and I hadn't at the at the time. And I, part of why I hadn't was that there was this kind of, I mean, two reasons. Number one, even though um, I studied literature in undergrad, um, I was an education major, but English education, um, we never studied black people at my historically black college at an HBCU. Never, um, like I would get snatches wow. of or snatches of Ellison, a mm -hmm. little bit of right here and there. And I mean, like when I say little, I mean like reading short stories, like not even reading full text of these authors. Um, I had read a lot of black memoir, Asada, you know, the autobiography of Malcolm X, Bone Black by Bell Hooks. Um, but as I was coming up, like my, my relationship to literature, like in my family um, was a lot of like pulp, more sort of pulp fiction, mm -hmm. which is to say, um, not belonging to this kind of tradition. Yeah. Um, and in fact, my mother, my mother and one of my sisters and I kind of had like a like a fake book club <laughs> with each other. <laughs> um, I wasn't supposed to be reading the books because they were usually um, books that had like far more um, like more adult themes than were appropriate for me as a, as a young kid, but I could keep up. So I would. Um, and I recall that both my mother and my sister had a profound aversion to Alice Walker and to Toni Morrison, which was really fascinating to me, I know. And in particular, I always remember my mother saying, you know, in reference to Celie and Suge's um, relationship as represented in the film, she always says, well, in the book, there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more. And I, I, I have a lot to say about the lot more that, that there yeah. is in this text. Um, but there was kind of this, it was like a forbid, all that to say was kind of like a forbidden book. Um, yeah. So when I saw it um, on this, you know, like on, on the top of this pile of books of this lover who, who was himself a writer, he's a journalist, mm. an anthropologist and a poet, honestly, he used to bend words so gorgeously, um, it makes sense that this is, that that's exactly where I would find and encounter this book. Um, and it makes sense that that's where I would find and encounter this book because of who that particular lover came to be to me, a foundational heartbreak, but also um, the, a lesson about like radical love and friendship that I, that I didn't understand at the time, but that this book teaches me about so much. So, you know, the idea um, 
like of love that this book proposes um, is why I have never been able to stop thinking about it. Um, and and sh shockingly, um, as as much as I like look back on that on not just like that particular relationship, but all my relationships and how I I am now. I mentioned I'm a Pisces, um, but I feel over time a lot more detached from like sentimentality or performances of sentimentality and of like these like sort of sterile heteronormative, homonormative ideas of romantic success. Like I'm just not pressed about that anymore. And I started to wonder like, have you become jaded? Like, are you, where is that girl who was like in love with love and super dreamy and romantic and was like, hmm. you can study for the GRE. I'm gonna read a novel. Um, in your bed and ignore you or, or what have you, um, or or the girl who was so in love with love um, in that loving situation. But that girl is not gone. And the reason why I know she's not gone is because she still loves this book. So it's like, um, it's not just, a, this book is not just like a mirror. Um, it's like, like a core guide for the ways that I think about, um, about loving, about being in relation, about existential concerns, about understanding, about forgiveness, about the necessarily like localism of getting free. Um, it's like a brilliant example of Tony K. Bambara's idea that the self is the basic revolutionary unit mm. um which is in fact why i got hooked actually in terms of the self when i picked it up because in in the again my whole encounter with the, with this text was a, the film at first mm. um when i picked it up and i read the, just like opened the first page and i realized it was a letter that that dear god was not um just like a, a random steven spielberg conceit but that epistles and letters are the conceit of this whole book i was hooked I was totally hooked. Um, and how profound, I mean, I just, I will, I can list like 12 things that are brilliant about this book, but that's where I'll stop. What, like, how, how, how did y'all feel about it? What did it do for you? Mm. I mean, I just wanna, I just have to pause for a second with all that you just said, which is so beautiful. Um, and in terms of the audience, I think any, any person wants to hear what you just said, but for one thing, like, I think just phenomenal, phenomenologically, like my experience of this novel was like very unique in that it was very easy for me to read it. I lost sense mm -hmm. of time, but I also was losing sense of time of like the people and like the, the, the characters, like, you know, Seely starts as 14, which, you know, I didn't even realize was the first sentence of the book. Uh, but then by the time I'm like halfway through, you know, I read somewhere else that she started as 14. I'm like, did I miss that? Like, I'm like, all the things that were happening to Celie and around her, 
I'm just like, I just never think I visualized her as like a teenager, you know, in that way, uh, in the same way that I was possibly 14. And then for it to end um, where it did too, in what seemed like old age, but I, I just don't even know how much time had even passed. Um, it was just kind of a trip. But I think, I think that's, that's, that for me is like my first like broad brushstroke of just like, I'm still trying to comprehend like just temporally what, what happened. Um, Cause there was just so much exchanged between, you know, Celie and God, Celie and Nettie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just still processing it just time, time-wise, but Jan, uh, what do you, th- what do you think? Uh, I, I, I had very similar, um, I had a very similar experience to what Miles is saying, as well as you, Jakia, just with, uh, the fact that we saw the movie first, right. And our parents kind of proposed it as this like <laughs> cultural touchstone. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely way too young to like have the tools or the attention or the capacity for like understanding what was going on. Like, I think at that point I remembered it being scary and sad and overwhelming, but it really didn't, I I don't think like beyond that, like I had the, I had the memory of those feelings, but I did not have any sense of like what was actually going on in the book and its importance and what it was trying to convey. So then when I came into the book now, you know, let's say like 10 years after I've seen the movie, you know, I have hazy memories, right? Like I'm thinking of Whoopi Goldberg as Seeley, right? Or uh, Oprah, right. Sophia, the, I, like Danny Glover as Mr., right? So I still have those characters kind of guiding my process, but I also, it was so, my memory of it was so hazy that I was still incredibly surprised by the book, right? And of course, that's also the case because the book is way deeper than like how I remember the movie. Um, and that's also just the case with books generally, right? Is that they they can convey so much more with so much less than movies yeah. can. Yeah. Um, so saying all of that, uh, when I read the preface to this edition that I have, um, I was... I, I had chills down my spine, honestly, just from Alice Walker describing, you know, how this book paralleled her own like spiritual journey from, mm-hmm. you know, seeing God as a white man, as a, like an old white man in the sky in church to seeing it in the world around her, um, mm-hmm. in people, in animals, water, the air, all life forms. I felt that really like affirmed something in me because I also have had like a lifelong interest in nature and like your relation to all life and just like that kind of sacred, yeah, that that sacred relationship that you have, right? Um, And so I was very sensitive to people's relationships to their environments while reading the book um, Mm -hmm. and, and seeing how, especially once, the Alinka like storyline was brought in seeing how people, how people like in totally different places can almost be collapsed into like a, into the same place through the book because 
they interact with each other in the same way and they have very similar like treatments of their environments so that like that like just 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 as a starting point that's where i was coming from and why this book mm. was so mind-blowing to me um but but yeah that i mean that's that's within the context of what y'all were saying as well mm-hmm. we're gonna have to write this we're gonna have to write <laughs> Because oh it, yeah, it's recorded. We got the transcript. We're ready. <laughs> because because what you all are um, like drawing out, and it's like deceptively simple. Um, is this kind of like um, compressed temporal geography um, mm. that is? like like manifest in the sort of philosophy of the book which is just is that um we can't afford compartmentalization we can't mm. afford distance we can't afford difference um and there's um there was a great the the last class that i taught um at, at stanford was a lecture series and there was a really wonderful indigenous feminist artist and scholar um quill christy peters who was talking about compartmentalization different distance, enmity, um, separation, borders, et cetera, as, um, as like the most destructive, um, like infinitely destructive force. Um, mm. That is the thing that we'll have to undo um, in order to not simply like heal earth and like make sure we can live on it for a couple extra years, but also like how we get past um, well, like our murderous bullshit, um, like, and, and those tendencies. And there's a, I mean, it's so, the, the funny thing is like, you know, Alice Walker is sort of refusing um, like a, a particular pa- like patriarchal white supremacist view of God. Um, but there's so much, it's so biblical. There's so much Bible in here um, in so many ways in terms of like, so the, the fact that we start with um, dear God, um, I have so many things to say y'all. Well, okay. hey. <laughs> let's, let's, start, let's start with dear God. I, I, I wanna think about, about locale and localism. Um, and when I think, I wanna think about time um like and, and movement in and out of um of like different forms of time or different conceptualizations even of time what it is to measure a life um or like a lifetime in in a in a moment um that it's possible actually to um experience a, a whole mm-hmm. full um lifetime like in a moment that this there's something about this that represents a kind of i was gonna say fractal but i really don't want to go there um (laughs) wait sorry why not oh because 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 i won't know what i I, i'm just because i'll be talking out of my neck so and i want to talk out of my head not out of my mouth um so she begins dear god right like and that's what that's what's stuck with me it's Alice Walker is not the only person to use the letter form, the epistle form um, as a technique or, or like a literary technology. So it's not like that super novel, but that it does 
like this this shift between who her um, who the receiver is of these letters, um, and that literacy is kind of like mapped on like mapped on top of it that they're letters, but they're they're not they're prayers, like in the beginning because there's um, it's unclear whether or not she's like able they're they're both letters and prayers in different instances. Um, it's it's not entirely clear at the very, very beginning when she's writing um, what her writing um, capacity is. And there's lots of like really clever spellings with things where she's trying to, it's clear she's trying to figure out how to spell different stuff, which I appreciate um, Alice Walker like dropping us deeply into Celie's like interior experience, which is so important because of the ways in which black women are denied interior black people, but in particular, black women are denied interior a sense or belief that there is any interiority because of like the profound disintegration um, that black women's like subject or will or self has from a like the body um, and b the the scripts that are that make up the the shell of a self that other people. Um, place onto us. So all these, all these messages, all these controlling images, everything that's on the other side of the veil, the veil um, would have you believe that there's nothing on this side of the veil, like there's nothing on the interior side. Um, and Alice Walker is like, let me tell you how interior, um, how much, how rich the interior is. But the, the back to God, the, the dope thing um, is that frequently within like these sort of epistles that other you know, authors use, um, even when the like receiving person is abstract or never appears or is never embodied or whatever, it's still a person that gives you a sense of the writer's sociality that like they, they belong, they are not on an island, they are not, you know, um, floating in space. Um, they they are grounded on earth with other people who can affirm their existence. This ain't nobody, it's God, that's it. She starts with an aloneness um, that is heartbreaking, um, beyond heartbreaking, um, that she like narrates like a social universe that's around her, but in terms of like, who knows her, who's gonna speak back, who she's writing to, who can affirm her existence, nobody but God. Um, who ain't there, who ain't real, until until she learns, right, that God is everywhere. God been there the whole time, right? Um, in terms of like how, how dopely biblical it is though, um, is that in, in her sort of like social aloneness, like it's just this sort of, it's the stripped down existential um, business of in the end, there is nobody but you and and your God or you and space or you and the trees or the winds or all this, like there's, there's nothing at all, which um, the Bible is real straightforward about <laughs> actually. Um, for all them pages and all them rules and all that, the, the, the heart is there's nobody, there's nothing. And the, at the end of all this is nothing mm. but us. Um, and in fact, the like the con concept of both hell and prison, which is real 
shocking that we decide to do prison like that is to be cut off from God, to be cut off from everything, to be totally alone. Um, like if all we got is, is us and God, then God is like, you don't want to lose me because I'm all you got. Um, so do, so do right. Right. Like that's, that's how the sort of Christian view of, but it's beyond that. Maybe it's beyond Christian, which is why I find this so fascinating that there are, that I feel like Alice Walker is stripping down all the extra business of Christianity to get to like this kind of like core existential relation with God and Celia's insistence on maintaining insistence on maintaining it and knowing that that's all she got because everybody else um, is not only meaningless but they all everybody else has decided that she's meaningless until until she finds other people um, who who don't think that she's meaningless and that every single one of those other people has a relationship themselves to God they have to touch God before they can touch her. Um, so that's another thing that I appreciate so much about this book to return to, um, it's refusal to compartmentalize. Um, so like God is everywhere. Um, he, there are 7 million love triangles in this book. <laughs> like everybody's in love with each other. Um, everybody's raising everybody else's kids. I know. Everybody, like, people come back into love and, like, come in and out of it. Um, it is the messiest, soapiest kind of, like, on the surface, mm-hmm. like, soap opera-ish kind of just mesh of relation. Um, but all those relations only get right <laughs> when everybody, like, strips down and returns to their prayers to, to God. Um, mm-hmm. Or when they... Um, when they find, they see the God in each other um, and like decide to do good and do right. Mm. Um, so this, the sort of like, like environmental, existential, uh, and not environmental, I'm gonna say ecological um, and existential and sort of theological um, and social framing of this book in terms of like just the lessons mm. of how we should be, um, which is to say never detached from God and never detached from the God in ourselves and each other, because um, that's all that we've got. Um, and that we can, we have the capacity to affirm each other's um, possibilities or each, uh, affirm each other's existence only when we pass through the prism of God um, is so dope to me that, um, yeah. Um, and that there always has to be like a right relation. There's so many transgressions against each other right. um, that have to get done, have to get fixed um, in order for the ecosystem to to be right, to be in balance. The part where um, Celie can't sleep, she can't sleep because she has betrayed Sophia. Um, right. I mean, she can't get right. She can't get right because she knows she was wrong. Um, it's so beautiful to me. It's so beautiful. When Mr. Can't get right, right. can't get right until he do right. Um, this sort of like karmic um, opportunity. But here's the thing. So very God, right? Nobody gets cut off. Nobody. There's nobody in this book 
who does not get redeemed. The only person who doesn't maybe, I guess, get redeemed are the colonizers. Um, yeah. Old Mister, who um, in the Closet of the Soul, um, Alice Walker names as kind of like having a relationship to like plantation logics. Right. Um, he can't, un- he gets no opportunity to undo himself from. Like she reads the whiteness, like reads white supremacy through him. Is that um, Mister's father? father. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He didn't like Suge at all. Yeah, he doesn't like anyone. He hates person. women. Yeah. He hates black people. Yeah. He hates his son. Um, and so, he hates himself too. Oh God, he hates himself. <laughs> yeah. Most of all. Yeah. And so then his sons learn this hatred because all they want to do is be soft. They're my favorite characters in the book is Harpo and Mr. All they want, all they want is to be soft. Yeah. Um, The fact that like when Celie makes pants um, for Harpo, she makes sure he has deep pockets um, for sweets and little children's things. Cause all he want to do is be sweet to them. The fact that he, well, first of all, let's just talk about all the relationships. Yeah. I mean, for me, it felt like, you know, the the parents in the novel, there was like, you know, um, Celia Celia's mother, you know, passed so soon, but like, yeah, like her father's step, stepfather, even Corinne and Sam, Sam, Samuel, like, you know, because of Celie's um, mothering of Olivia and Adam, I feel like there's like an alienation there too between Corinne and her kids. And yeah, it just feels like all in all, at least the role of parents in this oh. novel has is like, I, I don't want to say corrupt, corrupted, but like that layer of love here seemed a lot less whole than like the romantic or like sibling bond um and i and i i'm I'm just curious about how you think that difference or how that is conveyed um well so that's so fascinating i hadn't thought about that about like failures in parenting which which you know Alice Walker talks about in, in the closet of the soul that nobody bothers to ask, boy, who your people, yeah. Um, yeah. which is what they, which is what everybody needed to ask. Right. First of all, instead of um, deciding that this person was, a, was below redemption. Um, but it's true that there are lots of like failures of parenting um, that end up creating like forms of alienation, but, but that are not like impossible to redress. Right. So Celie is alienated, like has bodily, literal bodily alienation from her like physical connection to these kids as well as her emotional um, connection to Olivia and Adam mm-hmm. um, because they're stolen from her, um, which is very, just, you know, very slavery. It's a real, real slave. Um, and it's fat, like, it's just, as a side note, to return to like Alice Walker's naming of, um, old Mr. like Albert's Mr. Johnson senior, I guess. Um, hit, like his 
the ways in which his misogyny is um, rooted through white supremacy or through anti-blackness that he has internalized, I think the same is true. And she talks about it as his being like the son probably of a white man um, who, and that white man himself is merging um, white supremacy and, and anti-black misogyny um, in, into one kind of like logic of, of hatred and domination and all that. It's not just like this sort of um, like white lineage that makes that possible for him because it's also possible for Seely's stepfather who um, seems to be like internalizing, if not the logics, absolutely the practices of like generations past of like alienating um, black women from their bodies that he would like just rip these babies from her. Again, is real, real familiar. I feel like we've seen that before. He's seen that before and has decided that that's a thing that's possible for him to carry on. Um, as a tradition, um, that it's okay for her to 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 not get to not care at all about um, the injury to her, to the children, to the community, to anyone um, of ripping these kids away. Um, so in that case, it's 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 not just like a failure of parenting; it's a failure of patriarchy, um, which is a modality of um, of like filial and social power, like the, the patro part means father and patriarchy, um, that patriarchy itself and, and forms of fathering um, that we are not, that even black people are not willing to distance themselves from, or these, these men in this, this case weren't able to distance themselves from, ended up creating profound, as you're saying, Miles, alienation and pain and injury. Um, but it's interesting that it seems like Samuel, it's unclear like what Samuel's relationship to these kids was. Yeah. I feel like it's not really. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he has a real relationship to the kids. That in fact, the, so then that, that which brings us to mothering um, and what like what mothering made possible mm-hmm. in this book. And, and all the mothering that's happening among people who are not mothers. So the people who like Suge, Mother Seely, um, Albert's sisters, Mother Seely, Sophia, Mother Seely, Seely, Mother Sophia. Hmm. Um, Sophia, Mother's um, Squeak's baby. Oh, yeah. um, Harpo, Mother's. Um, Sophia's baby by Henry Broadnax. Now they then they named the baby Henrietta, so it's clear it's Henry Broadnax's baby. <laughs> he don't care. He doesn't care. He loves that baby. Right. Um, mm. And mm. loves because she's just like Sophia. Um, that like Sophia and Squeak's little girl are these um, these sort of like baby avatars um, and composites of their mothers that make both Harpo and, and Mr. love them because Mr. takes a shine to Squeak's little girl, or I might be getting that wrong. Maybe it's vice versa. But in the end, um, I take that back. Like Harpo loves the soft one and Mr. likes the, the crotchety one, um, the real scrappy one um, because, because he's into it and so is Harpo. Like they love powerful women, love them. They're into um, 
the more powerful, the better. And in fact, part of part of Mr.'s contempt for Seely is that she doesn't have enough power. Um, they just they want, yeah, all they want to do, all they want to do is they have really touched the femme inside themselves and then beat it out of other people in order to beat it out of themselves, which is really unfortunate. But that to say, um, there's a whole bunch of mothering that goes on that in, in all the instances that the mothering happens, including by men, including by people who never give birth to others. Nettie's mothering of, um, of Corinne and of Olivia and Adam um, as a kind of satellite mothering um, for her sister, this auntie work. And there's a really wonderful scholar at Tufts, um, Kareem, last name, I'm forgetting it, um, has this critical auntie studies project that is really brilliant. <laughs> That's awesome. And exciting and yeah. awesome. And it's and overdue um, because of the great work that aunties do, <laughs> which is to say, because like uh, the auntie work is um, displacing, is displacing mother work or ex extending or expounding yeah. Or yeah. confounding the possibility, the sort of restrictive ca capacity of mother work, and there are so many people doing. So I should take that back. Maybe everybody in this book is not mothering. Everybody's an auntie, um, and in all the auntie work, they heal. In just about all the auntie work, there's some healing going on um, because it's anti-patriarchal. Um, The fact that like, just to speak again, like about parenting, right? So who's Squeak's dad, if y'all remember? Who's her daddy? It's the, uh, she got some relation to the to the sheriff. Yeah. He was, he was her uncle. So yeah. that would make his brother, sheriff's brother, her father. Yes, and it was a scandal, of course. Okay. Yeah. Because She's black. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's never clear whether or not her parentage is, um, you know, the result of consensual, a consensual interracial liaison or not, or non consensual interracial liaison. But she has scandal marked all over her in her blackness with this white father that she has. But once again, even in the invocation of her father, because he never really shows up, but as she like goes to petition the sheriff for doing her own auntie work. Hmm. First of all, again, <laughs> pause, pause. <laughs> like refusal of compartmentalization. Right. Sophia, you could read it every single time and read somebody read it as somebody else's story. So if we read this as Sophia's story, as as at the center of this book, which you easily could, she could easily be the center of this book. Um, she has a lot of enmities in her local community, and when I say local, so that's that's again what's so fascinating about this is the the like social ecology of this is importantly local. We don't go past maybe like 10 people, we just don't. And so much happens among these 10 people, 10, 15 people, I guess. Um, rich, really rich, important things, political things, um, like justice, like calling justice in the world, calling peace into the world, calling um, like holy redemption and revival and all these, like all our institutions 
um, and the spiritual ones and the structural ones and all of them happen and get manifest in these few people, these like fewer than 20 people. Yeah. Um, which means a lot about, um, also about how, like how we can, it's a lesson in how we can refuse compartmentalization by um, really yielding to the small and really yielding to who and what matters, which is just not a whole lot of people. In the end, remember just you and God, basic unit of self, the, or the basic revolutionary unit is the self because from there you move on to like a two-ness and from there you move on to a three-ness um, and you like pass revolution, like person by person by person, or you pass revolutionary ideas, including the revolutionary idea of love, um, person by person by person. And you can't do it forever. Like, it's not like that famous Coke commercial where it's like hands across the world or whatever. Like, no, it's just hands across your family. It's just hands across your backyard. It's just hands across your community. The smaller, the more impactful can happen. One life one small lifetime, one small community, all the shit that happened among these few people, all that happened, all that could happen because they concentrated on each other, all that to say, okay, they're in this tiny community and in this tiny like grouping of family. Sophia got a lot of enemies, like not everybody is loving Sophia. Um, not enemies, but like just people who just not trying to see her win. Um, yeah. Haters. She got haters is what she has. Not I'm like, wait, wait, wait. The... Okay, I, I'm trying to make sure I remember this properly because she got put in jail and was brutally beat for mm -hmm. like because someone made fun of her or her, her child or I'm trying to think. No, it, was... it and it doesn't even like go into the yeah. kind of or so, in the right. movie. It's quick it's so quick right. she, she got into it um she got into it with the mayor and his wife the mayor and the mayor's yes. wife and because because her his wife the mayor's wife miss millie was like wow like these kids got strong teeth they they're clean like i'm gonna make their mom my maid and she was like will you be my maid and then sophia was like hell no and then the mayor like slapped her and she slapped him back. And then that's when the cops pulled up and wow. you know, brutally beat her, threw her in jail. Yeah. The only reason that the only reason that she got out of jail was because uh you know because of um squeaky, right? Squeak and yeah. And, now, who you know, who at this point should not like her. Like they just had a fight. Right. She just right, knocked exactly. out Squeak's on tape. Yeah. She yeah, just she's, she's Harpo's girlfriend. So like yeah, you know, like they're beefing. Um, but of course, because of because of her, uh, she was moved out of prison, but into like a basically indentured servitude with uh, the mayor's family. So she ended I up see. having to become mm -hmm. their maid anyway. I see it now. Yeah. Wow. The way that the family comes together for Sophia, I mean, everybody comes together. Odessa, her sister, her her husband, mm -hmm. her husband's new woman. Um, who in fact subjects herself to a sexual assault. Mister, mm. um, who, cause they have like a whole meeting. They have yeah. a meeting. They have a sit down. 
They have a sit down. Like, what are we going to do about Sophia? Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's all sit down around the table after supper. Supper. Me, should Mr. Squeak, the prize spider Odessa, and two more of Sophia's sisters. Sophia not going to last, say Mr. We got to help her. I, he can't stand her. He's such a hater. He can't stand her. But she ain't going to last and we got to do something. So what are we going to do? Um, we're going to figure out like some kind of plan and it, it halfway works. Um, but the fact that they, that like, <laughs> well, that like Squeak took one for the team, mm. took the worst one for the team because they are a team. Um, it just continues to stun me. The way they, the way they all love Sophia, the way they love Sophia's children, the way that all those children belong to everybody. Nobody knows whose mama is who by the time this is done. <laughs> um, one thing we do know though, it's all very black because Sophia, if you recall, like has a relationship to these kids who she ends up having to raise. Right. Um, these white kids. And then she's like, fuck y'all. <laughs> I don't yeah. um I don't have to do to you. You're my boss, not my kids. Wow. You can if you, you know, you're gonna grow up to oppress me. Fuck you. Like, no, I don't love you. What are you talking about? I don't owe you love, right? Because what I did for you was not mothering. What I did for you was servitude. Um that white people rerouted to mothering, right? Distorted into mothering. Um, so there's just like a lot of really important um, indictments of, of not just like white supremacy as a, a structural um, like apparatus, but also as like an ideology for living in life. It fails all that we could possibly do for each other. Servitude? That's what you think mothering is? Stop. No, no, no. Fathering? You think fathering is violence and domination and self-hatred? No, thanks. We have a, we have a Black way. Mm -hmm. That's complex. That's complicated. Um, mm. And that has no boundaries. Suge's new man ends up with Squeak. Yep. Um, and leaves her baby mm. with Harpo and Sophia. And <laughs> there's a redemption through care that um, that is extended to the the white girl who Sophia raises through the illness. Through, I guess it's, it's, it's either Henrietta or Susie Q's illness. One of them has sickle cell anemia. Um, and they need, they learn from Nettie from across the ocean. Um, yo, here's how you fix sickle cell anemia. Here's how you treat it. Auntieing from far away. These people who ain't even hers, mm -hmm. right? Like Nettie's never, not even met them yet, but, sh but their family, and they belong. And Nettie's like, oh, well, here's what, you, get a baby some sweet potatoes. Um, that's gonna, you know, help with her symptoms or whatever. But the baby hates sweet potatoes. <laughs> so the end is real ornery and mean and all that, which is too, too funny. 
So they got to trick her into eating these sweet potatoes. And they and the white woman who um, Sophia raises um, is able to get into like a redemptive locale by distancing herself from her brother. Um, though not not totally redeemed because Sophia will not will not like refuses it, but like attempts redemption by like trying to do right for the baby and like figuring out new ways to get sweet potatoes to this girl who refuses them. Um, but Sophia continues to be as this entire text is reminding us. I mean, you can't win if you're not right within. So keep working, friend. That was a nice gesture. But that ain't it. You have to undo, undo all the things um, that distort, like any real, true form of mothering or auntieing that you think you're trying to do in here. Because you're out here doing charity. That ain't mothering. Like servitude ain't mothering. Mm. Right. Blah blah blah. Okay, I've been talking too much. Y'all talk. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just oh, oh see this is this over this is Karen, 18 I'm, years. This is 18 years. Exactly. I'm just, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know so like, about it. <laughs> I'm just I'm hearing you talk and ah, man, there's just I don't I don't know. I think I'm I feel confused because because like I think so much of the color pur purple, unfortunately, has become it's like public recep reception, all the criticism. So like half of the story, it seems, of the book is like how it was received, which I find so interesting in this whole idea of like what a mirror is, what that means. Um, but it's just crazy to, crazy to me because, right, this like, beautiful complex layered story as you have eloquently put it in so many ways of a community a small group of people what in which i see as like a very liberating text has been somehow interpreted as like a pathologizing tool of like oppression or a you know and that, I'm just like confused by that. And I just, I'm like, yeah. And I was hearing, I was hearing you talk though too. And I also thought of like Tyler Perry movies for some reason, right? Because I critique those for that same reason. I think people critique color purple. And I'm like, am I right to do that even? But I'm like, what's the difference between that? Cause it's like, to me, you know, it's something like a Tyler Perry film is trying to be like a comedy, but it's like, I don't, there's just like, there's just so much irreverence that it almost feels disrespectful at, at times, but there, there, there are beautiful parts of Tyler, Tyler Perry films too. Um, without, a, without a, without a doubt, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm trying to, make sense of all, all this and I'm like yeah like on on what like a Shakespearean scale is is this book a tragedy is, is it a comedy like I, I I just I'm just I know I sound confused but um 
Jen, what are you what are you thinking? Uh I mean, I wasn't thinking that until you brought it up, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it, like I you know, I did have I did have a strange like sense. I was like, huh, like all these like this is when I was reading it too. Um, all these connections and like uh you know, I can see how, you know, forgive me, but like Tyler Perry is kind of like the like a lot of his movies are kind of like a a reduced down version of this book. Um mm. and I, I think wow. I think I think I think um yeah, I'm curious, I'm curious to hear your reaction to that, Jakia, but I think that part of it is that I, I thought about this book's book in terms of needs and desires, wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so actually, I mean, you were talking about mothering, right? I mean, I think that like the, the white woman's, um, like her issue is that she has this like core crucial need that is not being met and was never met by her parents. And that's why it's misplaced, displaced onto Sophia at the expense of Sophia and her entire family and the and the white woman to to an extent as well right um but i think as well you know uh this this localism this community of people that are together for the long haul is something that is so lacking honestly i mean you know i'm reading this book and i'm feeling so connected to it and and just you know honestly, it's totally surrendered to Alice Walker and like taking the book wherever it was going in terms of all the different relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was pretty, you know, angry um, with what, like, how, how patriarchy was being um, like re-educated into like Harpo and Mr. for that sense. Like, I thought that that was actually the most like accurate present representation of like how black men grow up um, as well as just this connection between patriarchy and capitalism. Right. Where like, Mm. you know, um, where being a man means like making money. Um, But, you know, of course, uh, like, you know, going, going back to larger scale, right. Like this book in, in terms of when it was written, when, when it's, when it's based is like, you know, basically pre world war two going into world war two and localism is still a thing, right. Where, I mean, it is, it is now in some places, but I feel like capitalism hadn't even fully taken hold in this community yet because, you know, there's still like small landowners, there's still some sense of like reciprocity in the community being there for your family members, especially for this black family. Well, um, no, capitalism is up in there. They're victimized by capitalism. Yeah, right? no, no, for sure. They for sure are. But what I'm saying is that relating like the experience of the characters in this book to my own experience, like in an apartment building where I don't know any of my neighbors and I have no assumption of like, um, I have no assumption of knowing their names or having any sense of responsibility to like care for them or any sense of like long-term relationship with them. Um, I'm just lacking in that sense of community. And I think a lot of people are, you know, and and getting to see the complexities and all the nuances of people's lives like this is just, it does meet 
people's needs. And that's, I think that's where I was drawing this connection um, with like the color purple and other forms of like, uh, you know, soap opera, TV dramas, just because like people love that, that ability to like follow along with lots of different people. I think it's a, it's actually a beautiful reflection of just how social and socially minded and like loving we want to be, mm. even when those needs aren't being met in our actual lives. Mm. I appreciate that, that this, this is obviously not the only situation where, um, like where we're encountering something super contained right. um, and that there is some comfort in the containment. Um, in the richness, you all have maybe, I don't know, um, heard me talk about Horton Hears a Who, which I love so much. Um, and only only because it's a really brilliant um, like illustration of fractals actually, but a really brilliant illustration of the ways in which a whole universe can exist on a speck, <laughs> like a whole world, a whole town. Um, and that that speck <laughs> is just a speck. Like we are, um, we are and what we're encountering every day, we are everything and also nothing, like nothing at all. Like a speck, this is a speck. Um, and also it's so rich and so important. And there are, again, like so many existential lessons to be learned on this speck. Um, and the only reason I guess I wouldn't, um, that I would never compare this to a Tyler Perry piece. And the, on, the, the only reasons why not um, have to do with first aesthetics. <laughs> it's just, yeah. um, he's not as good a writer. Um, okay. not, as, true. not as totally clever, mm. not as um, poetic, not as rhythmic. Um, like he's, if Alice Walker is like a singer, um, <laughs> well, well, I guess let's not do that. But, oh yeah, I know that could be me. Um, her, she's just um, just so much richer and more yeah. textured. Like aesthetically, she's a it's her gift. Yes, um, I don't know that that's particularly only like Tyler Perry's gift, right. um, or it's not his principal one. Mm -hmm. And then the other is that the the emphasis on containment, right? Like where Tyler Perry sort of recycles characters, everything lives in a pretty tight universe. Um, that like what comes out of our examination of that universe um, is usually kind of two-dimensional, not, not important. Hmm. We'd be saying two-dimensional like that's bad. It's not. <laughs> like there's all kinds of things in our world that's, that needs to be two dimensions. Hmm. So, um, so I don't say that as though it's bad. It's just, it just doesn't have the, mm. um, Alice Walker's a tesseract. Mm. This Definitely. book, this is a tesseract. Like it's, um, the relationships are tesseract. Our, our universe is a tesseract and so is God, mm. which is the point that God is, um, is, is not just God is everywhere, as in like the location of everywhere, but God is like the being 
is a locale everywhere. Mm-hmm. God is the business of everywhereness, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is a, um, the concept of everywhere is God, is mm-hmm. God's name, right? Um, God's other name is everywhere. Um, connected, never disconnected, cannot be disconnected. Um, and I just don't think Tyler Perry's trying to say nothing that quite, quite that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll add to like, just how uh, I, I had that thought, I entertained it. And then I was like, nah, like, they're yeah. totally different things. I mean, I, I think for one, like reading a book is always going to be way more different um, than like what can be contained within like an hour and a half mm-hmm. movie. Um, but Alice Walker is just incredibly subtle. And I think that's partly why I was like, so enthralled with the book mm-hmm. is because I knew if, if, if God is everywhere and, you know, she's talking about, oh, the color of purple, you know, mm-hmm. is everywhere in the world. Uh, and yet it always surprises you. Then I'm thinking I got to be 110% paying attention to everything she's saying. Right. Like you have to, and that's kind of what I was saying about the surrender too, is that you have to, like, I, I think I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, being at a point where I could be like sensitive enough to paying attention and noticing like the subtlety of this book. Um, and that, and that's, that, that's like, I think that's a critical difference between like Alice Walker and any film, even the color purple film, um, mm-hmm. as well as lots of books. I just think that, you know, maybe this gets to kind of where we started as well, just with how like the movie is what's advanced as like what you should watch and like what we three watched first, mm-hmm. um, because, movies are prioritized and movies are the ones that like, I don't know, sell more, have more views, get talked about more. Um, and yet it's the book, the subtle book that doesn't seem like it's uh, a tesseract at all. If you're just flipping through that ends up being the more powerful experience. Yeah. I think, I think when I first initially brought up the comparison, I meant it as like, like, Hmm. Like they, generally both deal with these like family community dealings people critique tyler perry a lot i critique him is that the same feeling like why do i feel like that's different than like the critiques of this book when i feel oh. like it's being misunderstood you know what i'm saying actively it's being right, misunderstood. Right. exactly yeah it's, it's like banned exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just thinking like, I, yeah, because I'm reading this book, having heard about all of that scandal, what, whatever, hoopla. Um, actually, just short, quick aside, it's crazy because you know I'm going through Green li- li- Library. I pull out two completely random books. You heard um, mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. black people tend to shout by Ralph Piley here. And turning, turning, turning by Bell Bell Hooks here, both uh, essays about you know cult, cultural critiques and everything, and both of them talk about the color purple. Per, 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 really? Both of them, yes. Uh, Ralph Highly though, you know, takes the lame average black yeah, yeah, stance yeah. at their time and just is drinking, drinking, drinking the hater hatered, saying that is not good. Um, that he doesn't like how black 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 men are seen in it. And I read the book and I'm just like, 
it's not i don't know it's not i just didn't feel not about you yeah it's not it's not it's not about <laughs> us i'm just like why is it used to it being about black men looking bad when i when but they don't yeah and right he's still such a complex loved character That's um, what i'm saying he's never <laughs> yeah um in, it's like know, they didn't read it right um, Right. Probably. No, read all these people. It's as though they didn't read it because because it feels or they didn't take it seriously. And of course, like misogyny is a part of that, too, um, that Tyler Perry gets different hate. Like it's hate, right. but different hate. Right. That has a lot to do with Alice Walker being a woman, a lot to do with Alice, Alice Walker winning a Pulitzer and getting mm-hmm. um, like getting the accolades of, of like the white literary universe. Yep. Is real easy for people to hate on, and then and then intimate politics matters a great deal in the 1980s and 90s mm. in terms of how we're doing, like like black people reckoning with each other, which is is you know part of why this book takes off so much because it's a um, it's like a a revelation about black intimate politics. But Alice Walker herself has this white husband, and um, is for a time, and then she ends up um, like growing her relationships with other black women, but she, and Alice Walker is a feminist or a womanist um, right. is how she mm-hmm. describes it. Um, to speak of purple. Exactly. Right? Um, she says womanism is to fem- fem- feminism as per, per, per purple is the lavender. I'm pretty sure is her quote. Yeah. Which I like. Which is so her yeah. because <laughs> and and so this book, because of the ways in which it's so saturated, like it's so right. full. I appreciate you, Jan, talking about the um, the subtlety of it um, to be dense as hell. Like it's so it's a small book, so dense. but like so dense. a trillion things happen, um, and you hardly know it. Like you hardly know it. And I recall you asking Miles, like, is this a tragedy or is it a comedy? Obviously both. Right. Shakespeare can't contain um, our understandings. Certainly not black understandings. I was just of, yeah. like simultaneity yeah. of tragedy right. and comedy. Because like in this, in the, the one of the funniest parts that's so tragic and so terrible is like when Harpo is literally trying to reconfigure his body to be large enough to overpower mm. Sophia, um, and or like reconfigure his body toward. Um, the size of masculine domination that he that he thinks he needs to embody in order to have the kind of relationship with Sophia, not that he wants, but that he thinks that he's supposed to have. And it's just so funny because he eats everything in sight. Like he just can't get enough. He say, "Oh, I I love your biscuits. Give me more, some more than biscuits." And I'm trying to hold buttermilk and this thing and that, um, which is is really funny because he, he looks like a child. Um, but then you realize the two women realize why he's doing it mm-hmm. and they make fun of him they're like he looked like he pregnant <laughs> eating all this food or whatever oh, yeah. when is it when is it when is yeah, it when, when him do because yeah. <laughs> he he's acting so like eating all this food and, and growing so large and it's going straight to his belly not yeah. to his muscles or to any of the places that are that they're supposed to go which is so funny like this, so first of all, the like sort of double entendre of when him do like this person who wants to be a mother is what he wants very badly. He mm-hmm. wish he could have had that baby. 
he's one of them. He's one of those kind of guys. Mm. Like, um, oh, if I could just have the baby for you. Like he's <laughs> <laughs> written in this age, he'd be annoying. Yeah. Um, so that's how soft this motherfucker is. Like so soft. Um, as Ghostface would say, baby thighs. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's just real stunning to me that, that people who like look at this text and see black men as as monsters, right. they get they get unfair redemption, actually, more redemption than anybody in yeah. this book. I would um, say they get so much tenderness, they get artistry. Fucking Mr. I curse a lot. Sorry. You're good. I'm into it now. (laughs) That's right. Mr. Like, is trying to understand Celie's sexual attractions to women. Yeah. And, like, returns to the body, and she's like, oh, I'm just not into it. Your little, looks like a frog. Your genitalia looks like a frog. No thanks. And then he makes a, a sweet joke and carves a frog for her. As a gift toward friendship, like toward a new kind of being together right. that is that is made not only in their co-mourning of Shug, who has left them both. Um, so they have a love triangle that is real, real messy, but also um toward trying to say, I well, so okay, I understand now. Um, I understand you. Maybe even in like a co-masculine way, like mm-hmm. that they're brothers they um and sisters together mm-hmm. that, like harpo and um excuse me mr and Seely um are able to end up like transgressing and transforming mm-hmm. um like gendered forms of relation that it's made only possible right like they're only able to become bros <laughs> because of mr being deciding to be better right like who did you not did you read what i read because right. I read that this guy gets better, that he becomes a good person. And that he, he wasn't all the time all that bad, that he was stupid. Yeah. Not evil. If you're here right now, thank you so much for listening to part one of our conversation with Jakia Carruthers on The Color Purple by Alice Walker. Um, there is a part two, which you can go to next. And in case you need to head out early, there are links in the bio, which include a link to The Color Purple on bookshop.org in case you wanted to buy it, as well as some of the resources that Jakia referenced in our conversation with her. Thank you again for listening and have a great, great day. Peace.